Hi, everyone. This is Diane Testa, founder of Koi Consulting Group. If you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend, Brandon Straza, with the Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to the Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey everyone, today we've got the founder of Koi Consulting Group, Diane Testa. We talk how your coach should remain curious and ask you a lot of questions. We get into how the group Four Quarters that she co-created is building and supporting startup companies and how you should rephrase your problems as an open-ended question. Check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. You know, I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do this, we have got the founder of Koi Consulting Group, Diane Testa. Diane, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Super excited about having you today. And I always like to start out with, in case someone feels like they really jam with you and they want to enter your world, what is the best way through social or through reaching out to you? How can they get a hold of you and find you on, uh, on the internet? So I have a website, dianchesta.net. And I'm also on LinkedIn. And those are my two main ways people reach me. Very good. Yeah. And that'll all be in the show notes. So if they do want to, please reach out to her through LinkedIn. She's she's a superstar in there. And then head off to her um, her website, which will also be in the notes. So let's hit the ground running, you know, and kind of you and I had a previous conversation about some of these things. So I'm really excited about that. Today, there's so many ways that we can learn, but I feel it's really changed over the last five to 10 years. When, when we were younger, you know, we learned from textbooks and teachers. And for me, that wasn't always the best way, the textbooks. It was kind of difficult for me. I always learned best through people's experiences and learning from how they, you know, have been successful and through their failures. You know, eventually it was learning from your friends and your coworkers. How has your learning changed over the last several years versus today? Yeah, great question. I think it's changed dramatically. So I did go to the traditional route and went to college and then grad school right after high school and then got a corporate position. And once I was in those jobs, it was all on, on the job training. And I think I got stagnant in those positions and those roles. Not that you know I was always being promoted and moving into new roles, but I stopped learning on the outside and really stopped reading a lot of books, you know, doing kinds of different kinds of classes outside of that world. And um, once I left that world, I, I was like a whole new world of learning to me. So and especially in today's environment, I am constantly doing webinars. I'm doing certifications. I'm reading books. And guess what? I absolutely love it. I feel like I'm always on the leading edge and you know, creating new things, new ideas, but also able to help my clients because I am reading the latest and greatest stuff. Yeah, and it's interesting how the education system is changing and what we, you know, the way that we thought we used to have to learn and have to get to that next, that next pillar, that next level of job satisfaction. It's really changing what people are expecting from just the workforce today, wouldn't you say? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, you no longer expect a company to provide training for you, that there's those expectations that you also as an individual are on the outside, always upping your game, always learning some new software, new technology, new ways and processes of doing things. And that's sort of an expectation of being an employee these days and being able to um, progress, you know, in, in leadership roles, et cetera. The company no longer says, hey, we're going to send you to school, or most don't, uh, send you to school to get your MBA um, and pay for it, or we'll send you to school to get these certain classes. They may have a budget or smaller budget, depending on the company, but for the most part, the onus is on you and something that to embrace as a lifelong learner. Yeah. And, and you and I both went, like we said, we want that standard education, but the way that, that we view it now might be a little bit different. And maybe it's not about getting that MBA. Maybe it's not about the traditional way of, of learning, but it's learning through possibly whether it's a mastermind or it's a course, or it's just, you know, through group teachings that you're able to take that information. And that kind of, you know, leads us what you were talking about is, you know, into my next question, which is we have a lot of ways to take in information, almost too many where it's just mm-hmm. like you look at it and it feels like you're drowning on the amount of information. Some people learn from mentors, accountability buddies, masterminds. Other people take online courses. So there's obviously a lot of ways to learn. Who are you currently learning from and how did you find them? So great question. I have a coach myself. So um, and she is a business, my business coach. And so I learn quite a bit from her. We meet on a regular basis, and that kind of learning is different than you would learn, say, online or through a webinar. And, you know, I love the variety. I love that it's both a combination of uh, some interactive things on Zoom, breakout rooms, collaborating with others, sharing ideas and concepts, and then coming back and then learning something along those lines, whether it's coaching, consulting, strategic planning, how to facilitate better online, all those things are different ways of learning. And for me, I like the variety, but I do learn best by doing. And I think most people do. I think that, you know, you can learn it conceptually, but, and philosophically, but until you actually apply it and begin to use it in your life, it really doesn't sink in completely. And I think that speaks to what you're saying about, you know, going the traditional route, going to college and learning a certain way and then coming out and going, oh my gosh, well, that was theory. Now I'm, this is the real world and what I'm, and I'm learning something completely new. I've got a foundation of, you know, writing and being able to listen and engage, but now I'm learning something that looks so different. Yeah. And you touched on something there, coaching mentorship. In episode nine, I, I, I go into one of the pillars of why it's so important to to have mentorship, how has it changed how you do things by working with your coach and your mentor? Good question. You know, I think with coaching, there is a different philosophy. And basically it's that, and at least when I coach too, I'm coming from a perspective that the person is creative, resourceful, and whole. And they have all those answers within. As a coach, it's up to you, and my coach will do this as well, to remain curious and ask a lot of questions. And then to begin reflect reflecting back what you're actually hearing that person say, and then really understand where their goals are and where there's a gap so that they can understand it from a perspective that 
is makes a real mind shift, you know, sort of a transformational change within them that says, oh, okay, I see it now. I get it. And here are the things that I need to do to make those changes in my work or my life. Yeah. That's what a coach will do, a good coach. And I think, you know, I, I feel so strongly about it. It's, it's a truly can be a fun and transformative process. And it's a place where you feel good about who you are and what you're doing all the time. It's very different than therapy. It's not to say that a coach won't challenge you, right? And won't say, you know, these are the things you said you really wanted to accomplish to hold you accountable. But progress is made based on the foundation that, that you do have the answers within. Absolutely. So you know, we kind of started diving into this here about people getting stuck or how, you know, how they get a, away from themselves. So I think there's, you know, a lot of people that get stuck and they just don't know how to execute like what's in their head. Now, our country's recently gone through um, or still going through a pandemic. To me, it's causing what I would say is a reset and allowing us, you know, and how we can actually accomplish things. How have masterminds, coaching, mentorship, helped you when you want to find that reset to be able to change how you do things? Yeah, I, I think it comes from this idea that, you know, we have this brain that is used to doing things a certain way. And so we have these grooves in our mind about, you know, our habits and how things are supposed to be done. So a pandemic comes along and says, hey, you can no longer meet with someone in person. Now, the only way to see them is via Zoom. So how do you adjust and make it work. And sometimes there's people that naturally know how to do that. And other times people get stuck and they say, well, I have no idea where to start. What are my first steps? What is it supposed to look like? And with coaching, it's a, par a thinking partnership. So you have this person you can bounce ideas off of. They're an advocate for you. They facilitate with you. And then um, they help you through anything that's stopping you from taking the next step. Really underlying a lot of times stopping people is fear. Like they're afraid of the unknown. They're afraid of how to do it or that they might look silly or whatever it is. And so in a good coaching, mentorship, consulting relationship, you are sort of uncovering that and addressing it. And most of the time, it's not real. Their fears aren't real, but it stems from something that happened to them many years ago and never, they never really thought about it, it just was there. We talk about occasionally the, you know, the fear of failure, the fear of success, and we'll get into that here in a little bit, but you know, getting over that fear and utilizing the mentorship, the coaching, the mastermind mentality can help you, you know, see around corners that you might not have access to. So you know, sticking with that, Masterminds been around for a long time, you know, from the apostles to the founding forefathers to Napoleon Hill, writing about it and making it come to life. So really, you know, it's about self-education. And I'm seeing such a boom over the last five years of self-education, going away from traditional, what you and I originally had learned from. Where do you see the self-education world going forward over the next five, 10 years? Gosh, I think there's a lot uh, that can be, be done with it in so many ways. I mean, if we look at traditional education and go back to that, Brandon, where you look at a college and a university setting, and now they're, they're all having to be online. You know, there's Zoom and they're, you know, interactive online sessions. It leads you to that next question, 
well, how do we make this available to anyone that wants to go back to school? And even the more executive education programs are saying the same thing. They're saying, you know, guess what? If you can pay for it, we'll, we'll let you learn. You know, there, those bars that those big, edu- those like Harvard's and Yale's and Northwestern's have put into place somehow are going to be need, need to be broken down so that this kind of education is applicable to so many people that many people can take advantage of it. It's not just those that get into their school or who can afford it. Yeah, that's the big thing is who can afford it. Are you going to walk away with a quarter million dollars of a, of a piece of paper and a you know, limited network or what is it that you're really going to get out of it? So, you know, shifting gears a little bit, typically when someone invests in their future, they have a better than vague idea what they're going to get. We're able to have an expectation of what the outcome is going to be. What should people expect when they enter your reality and with what you're doing? So I think what people should expect is that no matter who I work with, whether it's an individual or it's a company and a leadership team, that we always start with embracing their core values, really identifying that mission or that purpose, their why, and also their vision, that is their vision for the future. What does it look like in very clear ways of describing it? And that we use as a foundation for working together. So that foundation allows us then with that vision of, you know, the words stated in the current state as if it's already happened, really looking at what is it they want, really important And then whether it's work or their relationships, et cetera, it all goes together. What are they creating? What do they want to co-create? And then to hold that vision, for me, it's a sacred thing. It's very much heart-centered. To hold that vision for them, with them, partner with them, and then put an implementation plan together. Again, company, individual, the implementation plan is 90% of the work, right? The strategy, the vision, the mission, really key, really important. It's our guiding light, but it's about 10%. The rest is, okay, now how do we implement? Yeah. And so that's no matter who I work with, and I work with a lot of individuals who want to start their dream business, who want to create a nonprofit, or you know, they're, you know, they want to improve their current company in one way or another. It's the same process. Yeah. Do you take what you learn? And one of the things I'm going to throw out there is you've got something that you and a couple other people called four quarters. And if you could explain that a little bit, because that is, you know, an an extension of Koi Consulting Group is four quarters. Are you able to utilize what you do here from your consulting, whether it's from an individual or group standpoint and, and translate that over to four quarters? And how does that work? Yeah. So that works with, so Four Quarters is a group of startup businesses. Most of them are startup or most people in them, in it are serial entrepreneurial. So they've had many successful business. They want a place where they can gather once a quarter, talk about what they're doing, maybe even do a pitch about what they're doing, and then have others listen and hear and say, okay, here are the resources. Here's some people I'd like to connect you with, you know, or give them some support in some way. So my role in that process is to help facilitate those meetings. So I am a facilitator as well. And um, that facilitation, every time we do it, is kind of a different thing where we're bringing in improv to open up the group meetings. 
we're bringing in different breakouts where people are working together, you know, as pairs, etc. So we're designing the session based on what we think, and as adult learners, what we think they're going to get the most of from for that session itself. Okay, I got to ask you the improv, like what, explain that improv right there a little bit to me. So one of the other facilitators I work with does a lot of improv and he has a theater background and a business background and nonprofit background. And so the improv really sort of breaks down the barriers and our, there's a concept in improv called yes and. So with improv, and it doesn't necessarily have to be comedy, right? It is to take what someone says and build on it right? So you, someone makes up a story and you say, yes, and this happened then, right? So this very interactive, it's very creative. There is no judgment. It's very much in a very loving environment where people can get really creative. It can be really funny and it can also be very revealing. Some story that you would never imagine, you know, comes out of this whole group think, and it's really fun. So it kind of loosens people up and it, it makes it really enjoyable and engaging and really get to know someone very well. Because when you have that kind of trust, even if you don't know them, you begin to instantly bond with people. It's a great foundation. And sometimes I use it in facilitation for strategic planning as well. So you see when a team really needs to work together and trust each other to create that kind of environment, it makes it fun but it also has these side effects as well. Yeah, breaking down the walls right there so people can come together in that cohesive environment and our symbiotic environment and work together from an unselfish standpoint. Right. And sharing their experiences, yeah. And anytime there's fun involved and creativity, you've got another place, another energy, another vibration that you're working from, even though the businesses that they have are serious and they're really well thought out, you know, you still have this foundation of fun underneath all of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, talking about the people that you're working with, I, I feel that, you know, people have a way of surprising us due to their willingness to learn. You know, the rooms that you are involved with, whether it's four quarters or it's, you know, Koi Consulting Group, you're kind of hand selecting them because you want to make sure the people that are in there have a like-minded mentality. Has anyone been to an event or something that you've run yourself and the outcome because of them being in that room and what you've supplied them with has surprised you? What, what's been the outcome that you're just like, wow, look what they did because they were here? Yeah. So I think the outcome for me that's always really surprising is if you set up the space properly and make it a very engaging, interactive, positive environment where every voice is heard. I think that's really key, especially with strategic planning or with doing some kind of mastermind that everyone feels heard, acknowledged, and accepted for what they bring, no matter what it is, people don't need to agree with it. But that's where you get diversity and diverse ideas and people in the back of the room who normally never speak, being able to speak up and add their thoughts and ideas. Sometimes you walk away, there is no way as a facilitator, I could create it myself. What people walk away with is these breakthrough ideas, ideas way beyond something they could have come up with themselves. And these are ideas that are so inspiring that people walk away with, okay, let's begin to implement, let's begin to put a plan together and really put the structure around, whether it's a business plan or a marketing plan, or it's, yes, this is it, what are our 
you know, our rocks in the EOS system that we need to take on in order to implement this, this new strategy, this new direction, which is so key right now uh, in the world that we're in is like, okay, what do you know? What's certain? What's uncertain? What kind of scenarios? And then what are you going to do? So in this session, what is it you want? What can you create in the next six months? What can you create in the next year knowing what you know right now? And that's where I'm sometimes blown away by the end of the day where you see what these brilliant, brilliant ideas that people have come up with because of the right setting and the right learning environment, right? So we're not just, you know, using post-its on a flip chart. We're also using Play-Doh. We're losing, we're using Legos. We're using pipe cleaners. We're using whatever it takes to say, okay, I'm going to create this vision of the future. Here's a model of it. Here's the structure in a Play-Doh, Lego kind of image. Remember, this is learning, right? I'm going to now describe it to you and what it looks like. Here's the art I've created. So you're using different mediums to get people to that next place, a place of visioning that's very different than if you didn't have those things, right? It sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's almost like you're taking them back to a childlike state from the aspect of like when we were children, we were like, well, I don't care what someone thinks of me. I don't care what I wear. Like, I don't understand making fun of somebody. So from that standpoint, by taking us back to where our walls are down, we're just like, we can say whatever we want, even if it doesn't sound right. Like someone will be like, oh, cool. Show me that. Is that right? Yes, that is absolutely right. So we do is we we give people guidelines and, you know, in the creativity space, creative problem solving space, it's called diverging and converging. And when we diverge, like we're in that idea, that space of what does the vision look like? What are all the ideas you have? You know, we're asking them to really to defer judgment. So you're listening to this presentation to strive for quantity, come up with a lot of ideas and see what is going to eventually be the right ones and to seek those wild and unusual ideas, right? And then to, to also build on each other's ideas. So really anything goes and the more crazy, the better because, you know, you're not going to be at the implementation stage at that point. You're then saying, Let's converge and decide which ones we think are going to work in this environment and then develop those ideas. So then that's when you're more affirmative, but in that, you know, more, more deliberate about what you choose and, you know, checking it against your objectives for the goals for the company, et cetera, and then taking one of those ideas and creating them. But what happens what comes out of an environment where you're really diverging and there's no judgment and people are creating is, as you say, very much like when you were in a young kid and you were creating things and you really didn't care what people thought. It was just fun. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's important. I think sometimes we come to the table with an idea and immediately the people around us, I, we call them the crabs. When we talk about the three C's, crabs, challengers, and cheerleaders, the crabs will sit there and they find the immediate problem. Like you might have best idea in the world and all they're looking for is what is the problem as opposed to we'll figure that out later. Like how do we actually make this come to light as opposed to these problems over here? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you bring up a really good point is how do you get people out of that mindset? Cause those, those crabs, man, they're going to, they're just going to stop you in your tracks from any creativity, any positivity, activity, that meeting, that session can go downhill from there. You know, that energy is very, 
draining and can weigh down people. So what we do in that is there's always problems in any organization, but what we ask people to do is rephrase their problems as questions. So for example, uh, we don't have enough money. How are we going to do that? The turnaround on that is how might we fund that? What are all the ways we might do that? How might we be all that we can, et cetera. So what are all the ways, how might we, our statement starters to put in front of that problem and rephrase it. So what happens is then people are very open to, oh, it's an open-ended question. There's a lot of possibilities, right? It's no longer we can't, and this is a problem. It's how do we solve it? How might we? What are all the ways, right? Yeah, absolutely. So those, whether you're in a group or with an individual, Questions, open-ended questions are key to the next sentence, right? To the next solution. Yeah, absolutely. Com- completely agree on in the phrasing and how you bring it back to someone so you can be a challenger and not the crab. So I was working with my coach recently, kind of, you know, shifting gears as we get ready to wind this down. And, you know, we talk about a lot of different things, but mainly, you know, what does it take to create success? And, you know, I believe to create success, you need mentorship, willingness to fail, experimentation, finding the right partnerships. And the one that, you know, I always come to, and even more so today, is the willingness to succeed. I think there's such a sensitivity with social media out there that we're afraid to actually succeed and then talk about our successes on top of that. What do you feel or what do you think it takes to get over the hump to actually sit there and be successful? I think that's a really good question. I think it's always really important to have a vision, right? So have that clarity around your why, your purpose. What is it? What's the gap you're filling in in society? And to have that perspective of how is it going to help the greater good? That piece of it is always an essential piece in my mind to success. So once you have that, you have your core values within your company that you live by, those principles, those guiding principles that allow you to decide Is this on track or is this not on track when someone comes and says, hey, I've got a great idea? Does it fit with your mission? And then a clear vision for what does it look like when you're finished? What's the end result stated in the present tense as if it's already happened? From there, that's all your strategy from there to really put a plan together step by step. What does it look like? What am I doing on a monthly basis, on a quarterly basis? What does that look like? How do I know if I've gotten there? What are my measurement pieces around it? And that structure allows you to to both hold that vision, but also know here's the steps I'm taking personally or my company's taking to get to that vision. And I really believe that when you're really clear about your vision, you embrace it, you feel like you're in it, you see yourself in it. You also, you know, really look at it on a regular basis because it's inspiring and it's amazing. It's using vibrant words to describe what you're creating, that the universe also supports you at the same time, right? So it's kind of, there's, I always think of that Quaker prayer, pray and move your feet, right? So you have the vision, that's your prayer, but you also have to move your feet. You also have to implement, right? It's both. Action through implementation is key to get to where you want to go to say, to make that success happen, especially with that vision. Yeah, absolutely. And recently I've thought more around inspired action. I think 
when I say that, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on and it's hard to know in, in this environment, it can be very stressful. So what are you most inspired to do right now? And what feels good to you? That's also part of your vision, part of your mission, part of some of the things, but to take inspired action is coming from another place, sort of a joyful place, right? I'm going to have to dig into the inspired, you said inspired action action and maybe do a solo show on that because i love the thought process behind inspired action right there so yeah it's a little bit different than goal setting but it's still it's slightly different yeah yeah absolutely so there's always new ideas brewing especially in times of prosperity you know when when times are good it's easy everyone's you know there's so many people winning but i think real innovation and ingenuity come out of times when we feel the squeeze like we do now yeah. What are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you? Yeah. So is that you mean with my clients or with myself personally? Just it could be with your clients, with four quarters, with yourself, whatever that is. So what's most exciting for me right now is working with my clients. I'm so inspired by them, inspired by what they're doing. So all of them have pivoted, right? So instead of saying, oh my gosh, I can't survive in this world anymore. It's, it's not the way it used to be. I, I can't do it. They've taken everything and shifted so that they can be successful. So the things that they had been talking about for so long, like, oh, I want to put my courses online. I no longer want to do traditional face-to-face. Or I want to take everything in my store and make it available online. Or I want to take everything this nonprofit offers and put it online. They've done it. You know, they've actually pivoted and their business is very successful, whether they're a nonprofit or they're, um, you know, for profit. They've really figured out. And again, it's a partnership, a thinking partnership that I have with them is, you know, how do we get to that next solution? What makes most sense? And them actually doing the implementation of it, right? So it's one thing to talk about it. It's the next to say, okay, yes, this makes sense. And now my business can be even more successful than I thought about. And for me, I'm super inspired to see that and to work with clients who are just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And that might kind of have answered the last one, but I'll still ask anyways. What is a tip, a tactic, or an actual item that if a listener took over the next 30, 60, 90 days, they would see an immediate impact in what they're building. I think one tip would be to take small steps on a regular basis. So, you know, say that you want to build your clients or you want to do marketing, then say you're going to spend 15 minutes a day on marketing. Don't be overwhelmed with this huge thing that you've got to create or that you want to create, but to take small steps and work on it consistently every day. And I think that's my biggest message right now because the environment, the world, everything's so different. But if you make little progress every day towards what you're working at, so you know your vision, you know some of your goals, and that shifts along the way, that's okay. But then take small steps every day to get there and feel good about what you've accomplished on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. You you have taken your time with us. You have instilled so much. I can't wait to listen to this again. And possibly you've helped me build a solo show out of this. So I'm looking forward to listening to this again, not only with my friends, but also my family. We've got Diane Testa, founder of Koi Consulting Group, one of the implementers of Four Quarters. 
Diane, thank you so much for spending your time today with us on The Mastermind Effect. Thank you so much, Brandon. Totally my pleasure. I love it. Love what you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing the mastermind effect.